0: Guys, I am joined by a fellow author. It sounds funny saying that because I really don't consider myself an author, but a fellow author, Alan Cersei. Alan has been on several different television newscasts I saw back around Halloween time because he's got a lot of stories from the Tennessee area. And I've got his newest book right here that he was so kind to send us Southern Ghost Stories, Murfreesboro, Spirits of Stones River. Alan, thanks for coming on. Hey, right, thank you for having me, Jerry. So, Alan, I mentioned this book, but you've got some other books out there. Tell me about the other books you've got available right now.
1: Yes, sir. The first book I wrote was uh, Southern Ghost Stories, Historical Hauntings. We did Southern Ghost Stories, Ghosts of Gallatin, and then Southern Ghost Stories, Haunted Hotels. And the last one's uh, Murbysburg, Spirits of Stones River.
0: What got you started into the paranormal? What, what is it that, uh, about these stories that made you write so many <laughs> books on paranormal occurrences? In the 30s and 40s,
1: my great-grandparents bought two acres uh, in Nashville, from a guy whose family was Judge John Overton. He was Andrew Jackson's campaign manager and best friend. He had a working plantation outside of Nashville, and my great grandparents bought two acres and built a home there on his old plantation. Well, in 05, my great grandmother's very poor health, and they put her in a nursing home. So I moved into the house, kind of managed the property, and the first night I was there, the trash can moved eight feet in the middle of the night. So that was just really strange. My time there, Weird things happen, TVs turn off and on, lights turn off and on, just a lot of weird stuff. And uh, finally, I hopped the fence and walked over to the mansion, Traveler's Rest. I spoke to a associate there, I said, look, weird things are happening to me, is this place haunted? I'm like, oh, no, sir, I can assure you here, we talk about the Overton family in the 18th century, nothing happens here. I uh, saw a Lady out of her car as I was leaving, and I asked her the same question, she's like, well, honey, it's really haunted, but I can't talk about it. So it kind of confirmed everything. And, but, but the crazy thing is before the Overtons lived there, when Oton built the house, they found Indian graves on the, the property where he buried the house. Literally, I think there's four, they unearthed four graves where they built the house. And my house would have been where the stable was, I was told, but still it was an old Mississippian Indian village. So who knows what would have gone on. I had a friend, so they saw a old woman in my bedroom. Just weird things always happen there. And that kind of what got me started. But what really put me over the edge was my wife and I, we go to savannah my daughter went to georgia southern so we go to savannah georgia to visit her so while we're down there we're taking these ghost tours and i, I know you and your listeners quite familiar but you pay 20 dollars or 25 30 bucks whatever it is and you go to four or five locations they tell you the history and the hauntings it's it's fun but you pay a lot of money and it lasts about an hour right so my wife told me she's like well someone should make an app with all the haunted places for two dollars and you can just take your own ghost tour so I came home, started piddling around, I taught myself how to code, did a lot of research, went to Savannah a bunch of times, and I made a Savannah ghost map app, which has like a whole bunch of maybe 50 or 60 places in Savannah, and it's got the history and gives you GPS directions to all of them. So I got bored after that, so I made one for Nashville. I got bored after that and went to Louisville. I had friends from Shepherdsville, and they told me a bunch of stories and started researching Louisville. Then I went to New Orleans, uh, Boston, Salem, St. Augustine, so I made these apps and I heard all these stories, and then the books is kind of a natural progression. I was in Gallatin researching the Nashville app, and every place on the square had the same story. There's kids running around, back and forth on the second floor of all these buildings. So that's what kind of piqued my interest and got me into writing the books.
0: You created these apps. Is that, is that your background, is is creating apps or something? Or was or it just something you came up with the idea and teamed up with somebody that had the know-how? Or, or how did that get started?
1: Uh, uh, no, sir. My background, uh, I used to manage a bunch of MMA fighters, and that's how I kind of I started building websites for the fighters, and and that's how I kind of started writing, I guess, and it kind of progressed me. Once the fighters started retiring, I wanted something else to do, and going to see my daughter in Savannah, it piqued my interest with the paranormal, but the histories that I really enjoy. Like up here in Gallatin, I had this guy tell me that a psychic from Nashville came to this building, and she Toward toured building and they went next door, and she walked next door, she touched the handrail, and she said, I can't feel my right arm, and I've got a splitting headache. So I started digging into that building's history, and I unearthed that the building was owned by a Confederate veteran who lost his arm in the war and suffered a head wound. So it was just stuff like that that really where you put it all together. That's what I really, really enjoy.
0: You know, and it's funny, you were talking about the, the place where your uh, grandmother had lived, and, and the guy telling you, Oh, I can assure you it's not haunted. We can both agree <laughs> that if someone assures you undoubtedly that a place isn't haunted, it's haunted as hell, and you just need to move.
1: Well, the thing is now with the pandemic, a lot of places here in the Middle of Tennessee, I'm not sure about Kentucky, they're embracing the paranormal, like the Lodes House in Franklin, where the Battle of Franklin took place, Rosemont in Gallatin, uh, the Hermitage, Andrew Jackson's old home. They're actually embracing it, trying to get people to come in because the pandemic, their tourism is down seventy-five percent in the previous year.
0: Two things that I've seen that are businesses really trying to fight back is the cruise industry. I see them advertising all over the place, and the paranormal industry. I'm seeing more advertisements for paranormal than I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, history's kind of fading away, and they're having to do something to draw the people in. So the paranormal is a great opportunity; it's a new revenue stream for them. Why not take advantage of
0: it? Right. So tell me a little bit about, uh, let's go to to the last book, Southern Ghost Stories of of Murfreesboro. Tell me one of your favorite stories in that book, as far as as the one that just stood out to you. I know you probably love all of them. It's a pretty big book. Anybody who who hasn't seen this book yet, I mean, it literally, let me see how many pages this thing has in it. it. Almost 400 pages. So it's... It's a very you're going to get your money's worth out of this book, and we've Tracy and I have actually, with your permission, read a couple of these stories when we did some shorts a while back for the Patreon bonuses. So some of the listeners have gotten a little a little taste of it. But tell me your some of your favorite stories out of this.
1: Oh man, it's like asking my favorite children who do I love the best.
0: But we, um, all know, we all know we all have a favorite child, we just don't say it. <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> They do a ghost tour in Murphysburg and I was, I was a
1: guest for them. I walked around with them. And they're telling me, Oh yeah, we have the top 10 most haunted. And they walked around the square and I was like, they had the courthouse is like number three or four. And I said, you guys don't realize a civil war battle was fought there in the courthouse. Nathan Baker Forrest came down from Manchester to East Main Street, marched down the square with his men. He, he's outnumbered three to one, but he surrounded the union and used the buildings around him to kind of camouflage his numbers and got him to surrender. I mean, the courthouse in Rutherford County there in the heart of the square of Murfreesboro, that building is so significant. I mean, that's where Andrew Jackson practiced law. Uh, James K. Polk was there. And Nathan Bedford Forrest beat the Union army right there on the square and took the courthouse and the square back. And the this, this story is, you know, you always hear that the Union freed the slaves. They won the war. They're the good guys. Hurrah. I mean, that's true. But when they came and occupied all these towns in Tennessee, they would just round up prisoners. They would come take your cattle. They would take your, your crops. And there was a lot of resentment towards them. So when they went to uh, Murfreesboro, they, walked, they marched up into Manchester, by maybe 30 miles north of Murfreesboro, and they arrested 100 men in town just to make a statement, hey, we're here, don't mess with us. They took them to Murfreesboro and put them in a jail. Well, some of the women found for us and said, hey, please help us. So Murfreesboro is central to the, the railroad there because the key to the union, you didn't to get to Georgia. And they went from Nashville to Murfreesboro to Chattanooga to Georgia. So Murfreesboro, was, that's why they had three battles there. It's because of the railroad. The force was coming there anyway, so he came down East Main Street. He came to free the prisoners. But he also wanted to you know, take on the Union because that's the kind of guy he was. So when he got to town, the Union set the jail on fire. So he saved 100 men from a burning jail. It's, just, it's a very complex story, the Civil War, and you don't really hear – You you just hear it's black and white. There's so many shades of gray to the Civil War and just everything that happened to the people, especially in middle Tennessee.
0: It's funny you mention that because I know we were talking about, man, I can't remember the the story we were doing. It was about, it was in eastern Tennessee and it was about a hole. They called it the hell hole or something, but it was a hole where, you know, it wasn't so much the north versus the south. It was just, you know, within the state, people had different opinions. And, you know, this hole was was meant as a torture area and they would bring uh, the, the Confederate soldiers would bring prisoners back there. And the uh, Union soldiers would bring prisoners back there and they would use the same hole to torture mm-hmm. people. So, and it was, you know, like I said, it, Tennessee was a different kind of uh, situation when it came to the Civil War.
1: Well, when Fort Donelson and Fort Henry fell, the Union Martians took Nashville. Then they started occupying towns like Gallatin, Murfreesboro. Uh, Franklin, they were working their way south because they wanted to get to Georgia. Uh, so, Tennessee, Chickamauga, Shiloh, Franklin, Stones River, there's so many battles here. It's, it's so much history in Tennessee and often it's overlooked.
0: Let's bounce around a little bit. You did a book uh, about haunted hotels. Tell me a little bit about a few of the hotels that you cover in there and then some of the stories that made you want to even do a book on haunted hotels. And it's just fun. You know, I
1: like to when I was researching the apps, I would go to these towns and I would stay in the hotels and I would talk to the associates and try to investigate a little bit if I could. And like in Savannah, you know, Savannah had, that's where a big uh, American Revolution battle took place. And they also had some skirmishing there for the Civil War. There's just so much history in Savannah, Georgia, like all these haunted squares. That's where those are mass graves. Most of them are. The Marshall House, it was used as a union hospital after uh, Sherman burned Atlanta. So they say there's soldiers walking around the hotel and uh, one place I stayed in New Orleans is uh, the Magnolia Mansion. That's uh, it's in the Garden District. It's not on the French Quarter, but the story there is there are children that run around on the second floor. So I was staying there around four a.m. I got to use the bathroom and I heard some noises. And when I went to the bathroom, I heard a little boy go, "Hey!" And so I was thinking, okay, surely that somebody's checking out the room right next to me. They're getting up early, they're starting their day, they're getting out of here. I walk outside. And the vicinity where I heard the little boy's voice, there's not even a room there and there's nobody outside. Huh. So I go back inside and you're like a skipping record and went, eh, eh, eh. And I just, I was just perplexed. And I, a little later I talked to the hotel manager. She's like, yeah, they say little boys, they play around here. So that was a really cool story from my time in New Orleans. Union Station Hotel in Nashville, you know, that's the Ellen Railroad. They're, they're in Louisville, close to you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the train here from Louisville to Nashville. Well, uh, that's an old train station that converted into a hotel. And the story there is a lady named Abigail. She was engaged to a soldier during World War II who went away. So when she went to go pick him up, like his unit came back, she was there waiting on him. You know, they didn't have email or, you know, phone calls were hard to get. And she went there to wait on him for him to arrive and he just never came. And finally one of the men in the unit came and said, Hey, so and so didn't make it back, and she jumped on the train tracks committed suicide. So now they say there's one room in the Station where that one lady resides and things happen, especially in the bathroom, what the housekeepers were telling me. But TVs go off and on. They say they've seen a woman there. It's a really interesting part of Nashville.
0: What do you got from Louisville? I know it's uh, obviously my hometown, and I know you've got some of the hotels from Louisville in the book. What do you remember about that place?
1: The Seelbach was in the Haunted Hotel book. That's a very cool place. Lady in Blue, the lady who, at uh, least she was shoved down an elevator shaft. I'm trying to remember the story. The Brown Hotel is also in the first book, A Story of the Hauntings. That's a really cool place. Mr. Brown, they say he walks around, sometimes you can hear his little puppy dog in the hotel.
0: Little little tidbit about the Brown Hotel. The, for anybody who's been to the South and they've ever eaten a hot brown. Which is basically turkey, cheese, tomato, bacon, and bread. That was invented at the Brown Hotel, which is why it's called the Hot Brown.
1: Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about Kentucky is Derby Pie. I
0: love that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Silback, that story was basically, there's a lot of controversy on that story of the Lady in Blue. It's funny. The story about uh, the Lady in Blue, the Silback, I actually know pretty well. It goes back to 1936, I believe. But her name was Patricia Wilson, and she was living in Oklahoma. Her and her husband had been separated for about four years, and they agreed to try to work stuff out by meeting at the hotel. And for some reason, he never showed up because he was killed in some kind of a car accident on his way. She was devastated about the the loss of her husband and was found at the bottom of the elevator shaft. So uh, most people don't know if it was an accident or if she actually jumped to her death. But that's the, the story of the lady in blue. People will see her now like on the opposite side of the hallway because where the elevator shaft is now is not where the accident actually happened. It was actually across the hall. So just a little tidbit on that one.
1: And it's weird because some of the employees there be like, oh, no, it's not haunted. And you get the right one, like, oh, yeah, man, I saw this, or I saw that, or so-and-so saw this. And you go over and ask that person, oh, I don't know where you heard that. That never happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cool story. It's a, Like I said, it's definitely up for debate. Something happened. The, the lady actually did fall down and did die. So there's no disputing that. It's just the rest of what happened. Is, is always up for debate. You know how lore is when it comes to mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it gets rooms. more
1: grandiose over time. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Is the apps that you put out, of those things still available?
1: Uh, yes, sir. As far as I know, they had not been taken down. I know there was a hiccup with some of the Android phones, but I know they're available teams iTunes.
0: What, how would you look them up if, if somebody was wanting to look these things up? What are they under?
1: Uh, you just tap, type in Savannah Ghost Map or Louisville Ghost Map or New Orleans Ghost Map, and it okay. should pop up.
0: Really cool. That's that's my cup of tea right there. I, that's just because I know we went to Savannah last year and we only had literally four hours. Mm-hmm. You can't see Savannah in four hours. But what we did do, <laughs> we went and ate at the Pirates' house and then we turned right around and I went to as many places as I could and just took pictures. So, you know, we went to uh, Moon River Brewery and we went to the Marshall House and uh, some of the other hotels downtown. I went to the square, a couple of squares and took pictures and then we went out to uh, Bonaventure Cemetery, which is you got to go to if you're in Savannah. Yeah,
1: it's beautiful.
0: That place, Savannah, Georgia. It was my first time there, and I'm telling you, man, it was like one of the most awesome places I've ever been to.
1: And it's funny, my wife, she wanted to go there, and like she drove me kicking and screaming. I wanted to go to the beach, or I wanted to go to some. I, wanted, I think I wanted to go to Boston. She's like, No, we got to go to Savannah. So I went, and I loved it. It's just you got to think when Sherman marched to the sea, he burned everything. This path. So, like, when you go to Atlanta, Georgia, there's really not any buildings there that predate 1860, 1870. But you get to Savannah, there's structures there from the 1700s. I mean, it's, just, it's beautiful architecture. You got those squares. Uh, you got the river there. And Savannah is similar to Nashville. Like, all those warehouses, you know, those, they had slaves chained up in, in the bottom of them. You know, they, they came in from that. The, Savannah is the third largest port in the country and it was even bigger back then. So, they come into those ports there and load all the cotton, or they unload slaves. They hold them in those, in those warehouses, and all those warehouses are haunted. Now they're restaurants or gift shops or whatever they are now.
0: Yeah, and some of the places, like you said, like the old, like, what is it, the uh, Kehoe House. You know, some of those places, man, they're just eerie, you know.
1: Yeah, the, da- the Kehoe House is right across the street from the Davenport House. Uh yeah, all those old homes are haunted.
0: Yeah, that's, it's a fun place, man. I tell you, like you said, just absolutely beautiful, just Going downtown and or just driving down and all the the big oak trees and stuff overhanging the road. It's just, it's just not, there's no other city like it that I've ever been to anyway.
1: Yeah, that Spanish moss is beautiful.
0: On that same trip, we went to St. Augustine, which I had never been to either. So uh, I think we're doing a live show in St. Augustine this year, though. So that'll, that'll work out. Yeah, absolutely beautiful, man.
1: Yeah, download the app before you go. I got a St. Augustine app. That was the last one I did. There's a lot, a lot of history in St. Augustine. That's the oldest city in the country. You know, the Spanish yeah. settled it. And they just everything is old and everything's haunted.
0: That's why I prefer it, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, tell everybody how they can keep up with your stuff if they want to try to find your book, your app, or just find out what you're coming on uh, in the future.
1: we got SouthernGhostStories.com or Southern Ghost Stories on Facebook, uh, the Southern Ghost Stories podcast. We drop one about every week. We used to two a week, but I've got a little boy now and time's slipping away and things are kind of hectic. But we try to update it once a week. And just places I've been to and tell stories, the history and the hauntings and Yeah, we're everywhere.
0: Let's talk about the podcast for a second because we didn't really touch on that. I want to touch on that before we get out of here. You guys have been doing this for about a year and a half or so. It's you and your wife, correct? Yes, sir. And tell me what you talk about on the show. Is it similar to our show to where you pick a topic each week or pick a city? Give me an idea. If our listeners haven't heard your show, tell them what they will hear if they tune in.
1: It's basically a ghost tour. We tell one story, one location. I try to keep it around 10 or 15 minutes. I try not to get too long-winded. You guys go a lot more depth, have a lot more fun than we do. Like the last episode we did, we did a, a location in Salem, Massachusetts just for fun, I just go up north. Talking about the house that they based the game Clue on, Gardner-Pingrey House. It's also influenced Nathaniel Hawthorne and Edgar Allan Poe. So it's a really cool house. It ties into pop culture and history. and It's like a ghost tour. I tell all the history, and then we tell about the hauntings try to tell it all together, and then we have some outtakes at the end because my wife, she's kind of like Tracy, she gets tickled and she gets to be tickled. And we don't do it during the show, we chop it up and put it at the very end. So it's that can be kind of entertaining too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like bloopers and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> well, the show we did about uh, where was it, Lafitte's Blacksmith shop in New Orleans? She's reading the copy, and it's uh, was it they found booty in a barrel in the backyard, and my wife read it and got tickled and couldn't stop laughing. So I think the episode's only twelve minutes, and seven of that's just her laughing herself and trying to say
0: "booty in the barrel." So just we try to have fun with it. <laughs> and that one's and that's called Southern Ghost Stories Podcast, correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. So, guys, if you're listening, get the books. You're gonna love them. I, I love mine. Like I said, it's it's. I can't even tell you how many stories are in here. The the introduction and the uh, um, list of, of places is probably forty strong in here. So, absolutely love it. Thank you for everything that you did with the book, sending it to us. And thanks for coming on and being a guest on the show. Guys, go listen to the podcast. I got a feeling you're going to like that one. So,
1: thanks, right, Thank you, Gary. Yes, sir. Thank you.